0: So, are you
1: DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge.
0: Hello, folks. Thanks for joining us. We're back. We're live. We're doing our thing here on our Tuesday night, as we always do. If you've tuned into us, if you've downloaded the audio after the fact, you know who you're listening to. You're we're you're with the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. So thank you for joining us. Uh I am one of two illustrious hosts on this show. Illustrious. Dustin, and then my illustrious co-host, Jake, oh is here. God. Of course.
1: I'm illustrious too. You are. This How is, are you doing, this Jake? This is the best day. I'm doing so much better. I've never been called illustrious in my life. Well, but I'm gonna put that in my Twitter bio now. uh yes. as a stamp of approval from the <laughs> illustrious Dustin, which sounds a little bit like a wrestler name, by the way. I think you illustrious should illustrious Dustin. That. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, if I ever choose to join WWE, that will be my my name.
1: <laughs> you would have to wear so, robes. It would be a very Ric Flair type of thing.
0: Oh, absolutely! All the feathers and sequels. Oh yeah, I would totally rip off Ric Flair's look. Uh, <laughs> Actually, could it just be the illustrious D? Ooh,
1: yeah. You're going to have D- a lot of fun yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. That's almost a triple entendre. It goes so far into being a double that it's almost a triple entendre.
0: And that could be my finishing move, the triple entendre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you're on to something pretty golden here. Yep. Let's, let's shelve the podcast that we had planned and just walk through all of the ways that we can improve on that and get you uh ready for the yeah. WWE. You know,
0: cause cause a lot of um uh, you know after 40 pudgy white guys decide to join uh, WWE as, as a second career later in life.
1: You could be a manager. You don't have to get into the ring and really tussle. You could be like the Bobby Heenan. You know, oh, I like person. that. I like right? that. Yeah. yeah. See, there's always ways, Dustin. There's always ways. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, but we've got a great show this evening, folks. We're continuing our look back through the positions last year, uh, kind of where we hit and where we did, focusing, I think, more on where we missed and why we didn't, kind of go, uh, evaluating our processes uh, to see if, you know, were we wrong and why? Is it because of injury? Was it because of coaching? Was there some other factor involved that that we didn't consider? Taking a look at those and seeing, um, how we can improve our process for moving forward next year, and then we're going to continue our off-season, uh, what you might call it, betting, Re-review. gambling. No, oh, our, our yeah. little our gambling. We're we're going to do some lines this week um, with Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, review our our bet from last week. What we did. Uh, we got our drunk trade of the week. We got our beer review. We we've got it all. It's it's, it's, a, oh, it's a fun episode. But I think first we need to talk about the divisional round that was. And before I even get into that, breaking news this afternoon Sean Payton retiring from coaching.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He should have, he should have retired. uh, I don't know. Let's say hypothetically, like seven years ago after Bounty Gate came out. That's just my maybe position on the
0: matter. I I feel like he's just pulling the ultimate uh, fantasy football manager move. Where uh mortgaged all your capital and future to go all in. And then he didn't go all in. So he's like, Fuck it, I'm out of here. Deuces. And <laughs> he just went all in and coach. then immediately out. Yep. And then all you know, leaving nothing but bare cupboards for the incoming coach.
1: But you're pretty well stocked at quarterback, running no, back, wide receiver, it's, it's and it's not tight bad, end, but it's just if all of those guys are Taysom Hill, then you are fully stocked. So
0: Yes. Which at this point they are. So, is there an issue? I
1: don't see it.
0: I don't know. It was just
1: interesting. It was very interesting. More interesting, or at least less saddening than what happened over the weekend to our beloved Packers.
0: True. I don't want to focus just on the Packers because overall it was very exciting uh, games. Like all four games were freaking close. They were amazing. They all came down to last second plays or overtime. Like, when has that ever happened in the divisional round before? Like, that was in. Incredible. Incredible.
1: If the the expanded playoffs gives us the previous weekend with the wild card and there was a Mm -hmm. lot of blowouts, as long as that can lead to something as magnificent as what happened this weekend, I'm totally on board. I'm fine with it. Absolutely. No qualms.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll admit uh, that Patriots game, I totally tuned out for a while because I was like, oh, this is over. It was, you know, halftime. It was. What, 27 to three?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tom
0: Brady's like, "Hey, hold my hold my uh, keto water here.
1: Um, I'll sh- I'll show you how it's done." And ooh, <laughs> that was and slip. By the way, you said the Patriots, which I think is uh, how they should still be referred to with Tom Brady at the helm. I think they should be called the Tampa Bay Patriots. They really uh, should. In my longstanding belief. But yeah, no, that game ended up being very close and stupidly so. It was a flashback to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And New England, to your point, yes. from you know, the Super Bowl. The old 28-3 almost, yep. almost came to fruition again. Almost,
0: yeah. But yeah, let, let's talk the Packers real briefly here. That was so tough to watch that game. It was so hard to watch, especially after arishin. that first drive when we just marched right down the field. The 49ers, give them credit, they made adjustments. Mm-hmm. The Packers did not make any adjustments. No adjustments. No notes. That is why we lost the game. It made zero adjustments. Yeah. And the defense played lights out. San Francisco did not score an offensive touchdown the entire game. You can't ask for your defense to do any more than that. This is totally on offense and the special teams. More so the special teams. That was 10 ship point swing that was uh, given up there uh, with those two bungles. So, but the ship fact every that I,
1: special I teams player off to a far off dis- destination were then. I cannot hear them, see them, feel them. I, I need them as far away from me as possible. <laughs> yeah.
0: All I know is if we still had Jeff Janis, that would, never would have happened.
1: No. Would have been a 20-point victory That's on right. our side.
0: Yeah, that was it was tough. Obviously, we've got a very uh, interesting offseason as Packer fans here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of decisions going to get made with Devontae, Aaron, the defense. There's a lot of pieces there. That would be interesting to see if we can keep all this together. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: A lot of fun ahead. A lot That's more right. questions. Actually, the exact same questions we had the previous offseason, but True. just again, it's happening yep.
0: again. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, the rest of the divisional round was amazing. The games on Sunday were equally amazing. Like, that was, I hope this weekend is the same. Like, I couldn't ask for anything more. It was, it was awesome. It was a good weekend of football overall.
1: <laughs> full agreement, as long as you were not a Packers or a Bills fan, probably.
0: Correct. And you, you
1: yeah. Really enjoyed
0: it. And yeah. that really pisses me off about the Bills. They should have had that game.
1: I know it. I and wanted I wanted them. them. And now I feel like I have to root for the Bengals. That's what I've been put into. Yeah. Although I feel like I shouldn't root for the Bengals
0: anymore because I had had the Bills as my Super Bowl team from the AFC, and I feel like I jinxed it.
1: But Yeah, so I'm now still you don't want to for... jinx the Bengals? Yeah.
0: But I'm still gonna root for them. They're 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 my team now. I'm adopting them uh for the rest of the playoffs.
1: <laughs> who day? More like who D, right? Because right. you know, that's yeah. another pun. It is on their name.
0: Justin, right. <laughs> what the hell are we drinking tonight? I was gonna say, let's move on from that. Uh, so we, we ran that into the ground. So we are drinking a beer from Equilibrium Brewing called Hop Layers. This is a pale ale. Let's see, it has is this is from Middleton, New York, or is it middletown? I, don't,
1: I, don't I say Middleton
0: know. just because of Middleton, Wisconsin, so I can't help it. um I'm trying to find a good description of this beer on
1: here, but um it's right it's right it's right there it's right in it's in here, Dustin. The description is in here all along. well, when it says hop
0: layers, I want to know what the layers of hops are. And it okay. does not specify which hops are on here. Uh, but this is a five and a half, half percent pale
1: ale. So your standard pale ale. A pretty standard. It's a tall boy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Want to call out the tall boy. We've been a big fan of why even mess with 12 ounce beers anymore? I know. You know what I mean, that, everything should just be a mm-hmm. tall boy. Now, this has a citrusy
0: flavor to it. You taste the citrus in the hops.
1: I'm getting no. like a fruity, citrusy. <laughs> I have a gutter um, palate though when it comes to hops, and You know this. It. I will say I think it's almost floral. Can I say that? Yeah. No, I think that's good. That's a good yeah. descriptor. Okay. I think maybe it's that's
0: floral. Maybe that's more of what I'm getting. I was when I was saying fruity. Maybe it's more floral. I like that description. Flowery. Yeah. I don't get a lot of malt there. to it. It's 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 a very hop heavy, but not overly bitter like your your IPAs. It's a little nip. Just a little nip to it. A little bit. That's all. This is one where I can have probably like one and call it good for the night, move on to a different style. It's a good beer.
1: It's fine. Or if you've had several, then you could probably have a couple of these. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a three and a half out of five. I'll give it a three and a quarter. I'll be honest. It's not my favorite.
0: All right. So middle town. rating of 3.33333333333 on infinity.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Send it. Put it in a mailbox. Send that rating off to uh, this brewery <laughs> in Middletown. It is Middletown, New York. In Middletown. The There's a W in there. It's not like Downton Abbey or Downtown Abbey. It's, it's different, Dustin. Yeah. Um, speaking of beer, we're not doing any beer bet payouts nope, this week. didn't have any. We don't have we're any weekly ones. But we are going to do the season long ones from this previous Mm -hmm. season, but that's going to be like its whole separate thing. So we're going to work ourselves up in a few
0: weeks here. Yeah. 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 We'll probably be hitting that shortly after we uh, finish off our positional reviews here in a few weeks. So yeah, that'll be a fun episode uh, to go through and see how good slash bad we've done, depending on which side of the uh, equation we're on here. (laughs) And I'll be honest, I haven't looked back at it yet to see where we land on all these uh, beer bets we've made, so it will be interesting.
1: It's going to be a fun little surprise yeah. for us, so something to look forward to there. But right now mm-hmm. we get to immediately look forward to our favorite segment of mm-hmm. all time, of every episode. Do we get into the Drunk Trade? Let's do it. Drunk, 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 Hammer Drunk, 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 Drunk Trade of the Week. So this week's very fun to go back through uh, because we haven't had a situation quite like this before. So this week's comes from Reddit user Jiglinor. There's a lot of G's, a lot of R's and that. It user sounds like a Pokemon. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's like a second stage Pokemon right there for sure. Uh, this is a 10 team standard league. I don't even know if this is Dynasty or Redraft. It doesn't matter and you'll understand why very shortly. So, we Jiggling Horse says years ago, don't remember the exact trade, but I paid full price for Adrian Peterson. Except I got Wish Adrian Peterson, a.k.a. the Bears running back. Not the Vikings running back Adrian Peterson. Nope. Not even the many iterations of teams he'd been on Post Vikings. This is this is not like late stage Adrian Peterson. This is a whole different person, Dustin.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: remember this person being a thing. Do you
0: no? I, I don't, and I wish I would have looked up uh prior to the show here to see who this um Adrian Peterson is, but it it's it's just like you know, you saw a few years ago with uh the D more when people were trading DJ Moore for. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever the other D more was, and it's just like David, you've got Moore. It. David Moore. Thank you. Yes, uh, yeah, so you just got to really be careful. And make sure you're checking the team name along with the player and making sure you're like checking every single thing. Crossing your T's, dotting your lowercase J's and uh... just making sure everything is is on the up and up before you hit that accept button.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. Now, I, I did look this guy up, Adrian Peterson for the Bears. And if I was a savvier guy or a more prepared guy, I would have had his image at least pulled up and put in for our, our live stream viewers so we could see him. Um, I, I didn't do that. But if we want to get an idea of how bad this was, you know it's bad when you don't actually know the, the player themselves
0: like the player is even ringing my my in my head like oh yeah i vaguely remember, like nothing
1: but here's what's crazy he played from 2002 all the way to 2009 with the bears he huh. had a fairly lengthy career uh he had one season one season with more than 75 rushing attempts it was in 2007 and on 151 rush attempts he had 510 yards and three touchdowns so even at his height even at his absolute height, you <laughs> did not get, like, Detroit Lions Adrian Peterson. No. The other Adrian Peterson.
0: No wonder that uh, I didn't recognize that. Um, yeah. e- even as an NFC North team, you know, you-, you tend to know a lot of the players, at least. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah didn't even ring a bell, and that would be why. did get 65 targets that same year, though, for 400 yards. So, I mean, you it's, know, It's overall, not ringing a bell whatsoever. What the hell? Crazy? Nothing. And it's not like this was, yeah, from 1980, right? This was like recent-ish. Yeah.
0: Well, within my uh, Packers purview of of watching (laughs) and being engaged in the NFL, I mean, this it's
1: so bad. It's so bad. So just a quick PSA: always, always, always double check that you're getting the player that you actually think you're getting. You're right. There's still instances of this that could happen now that are Mm -hmm. similar. The first initial last name thing being the same. I don't think there's any two players who have the exact same name that would be in this bracket that I can think of, at least offhand. Right. So that's something. But still, so, th- th- just the, the caution it. needs to yes. be had.
0: Yes. I mean, it's one of those things I do whenever I get a trade offer. I'm like, it looks too good to be true. Or even if it's mm-hmm. not, I always like, I check for news to make sure that the player didn't get injured or something happened because I don't want to get screwed like it's just yeah. it's, I, I'm super cautious like that. So it's just okay. to all you out there, just do the same. Just take the extra two minutes to do a little research and make sure you're getting the right guy and and you're getting good value for, your, you know, nothing happened to the player that you'd be receiving.
1: Easier said than done whilst True. drinking. Loss drinking especially but you know again that's that thing i swear we're gonna do this one day does it we're gonna have that app that requires you to do like a breathalyzer mm-hmm. before you can click accept on a trade that's mm-hmm. that's gonna happen we're gonna talk to sleeper about it in this off season we're gonna get it done
0: i love it i love it so let's do this let's move on let's let's get into the the meat of our episode here uh talking running back so uh same same thing we did last week, Jake. We're, we're just going to go through, touch on probably most of the players that finished in the top 10-ish or how we had them ranked in the top 10 or so, and then uh, touch on some of the players that finished outside of that uh, as we choose. So um, our overall number one consensus player was Christian McCaffrey. Obviously did not finish well. He was hurt. Um, I think the only thing I want to ask you, Jake, on him is here number one running back next year off the board at this point.
1: It's gonna. It's still going to be a toss-up. I've not lost faith in him. My assumption with Christian McCaffrey is that he is still amazing, but he sees a downtick in his usage a little bit because mm-hmm. I think he'd be foolish as a coach to keep giving him the same load. So uh, I should have phrased that different. I hate the use of <laughs> load in that situation. But in any case, I don't think he sees as many touches as he did. Right. That said, he's going to be just as efficient. He can be just as good with 70% of the workload that he gets mm-hmm. currently. But Jonathan Taylor is nipping at his heels for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. I have nothing to add there, Jake. Very well said. Uh, we had Dalvin Cook as our number two overall, finished 16th, um, 11th overall in points per game. Again, had a little bit of injury there. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit cautious with him this off season, uh, just because with the whole new GM and coaching staff coming in, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of philosophy they have. If you have Dalvin Cook, I think you're going to want to run the ball, but they do have dynamic wide receivers there. So maybe you'll get a a head coach that wants to throw the ball a little bit more, Um, which, I mean, that could be beneficial to Dalvin Cook as well. Not as much wear and tear. Uh, Maybe that injury risk goes down a little bit, but uh, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode with him for this offseason as far as where I rank him.
1: I'm nervous. I'm nervous about him for next year. Yeah, it's very much a wait-and-see, like you said, but I'm pretty anxious. I don't know that I'll have him in my top five for next year, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, we had Saquon Barkley third overall. Again, injuries kind of derailed his, his season. Not much to say there. Um, they're kind of in the same boat as the Vikings, new coaching staff, GM. Obviously, a player like that. He's still young. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about his performance, but he has been injured over the last few seasons. So it gives me a little bit of concern, but kind of the same boat as, as Minnesota here. It's kind of a wait and see um, and, and what happens with that team.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I, I'm not out on Saquon Barkley no. like a lot of people are, though. One thing I would throw out there, because we are in the non-point scoring season, and for our dynasty friends here, he's a guy who I am very comfortable sending offers for right now because his values it's never been lower. Mm-hmm. It's never been lower than it is right now. Even after, you know, the initial injury this season, it's gone down since then. So if you're interested in getting him on your team, this is the window to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Jonathan Taylor, we had it fourth overall, finished first. Amazing season. I think you summed it up perfectly uh, earlier, nipping at the heels for that num- number one running back off the board. I think a lot of I think he's going to get gold number one almost consensus, uh, come draft season. I think right now, yeah, there's a little bit more discussion, but I think come draft season, uh, the the average fan is just going to go ham over him, and that's where we'll see
1: him going. That's why I'm hopeful to get the two or three draft spot for next year. Mm-hmm. is because I don't think the general person is going to take Christian McCaffrey first. I think they'll take Jonathan Taylor, which is totally cool. If you can yep. get CMC at number two or number three, you're going to feel really good. So mm-hmm. uh, I love that. I do want to call out, you were much higher on Jonathan Taylor this season than I was. Sure. So much kudos there. You had him ranked at number four. I had him down mm-hmm. at number eight. So kudos on on the belief for JT.
0: Well. Wow. I'm glad it wasn't just Homerism on my part, hoping that uh, a Wisconsin back would uh, do well in the league. So yeah. Uh, next we had at fifth was Derek Henry, obviously an amazing season. He would have been the runaway number one running back. Had he stayed healthy, missed a number of games, still finished number one overall in points per game, which is incredible considering yeah. he's not typically known as a pass catching back, although he was much more involved than we normally see out of him. So that was really yeah. nice. Um, and you know, he came back in the playoff game this weekend, last weekend. The weekends are all blurring together here. Um, but yeah, he came back and looked fine. I mean, the Titans weren't exactly stalwarts in that game, but um But he it's he gonna be fine. tough to see
1: him. It's not like Cam Akers where he's had even more time away. And we've gotten to see Cam Akers, which I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. But it was a different situation and their injuries were a little different, obviously. And Derrick Henry just felt like they brought him back because they needed so mm-hmm. badly for that push to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think he was close to fully healthy. He had five pins in his foot and a metal plate Yeah, and an extra no. metal plate in his shoe. So I'm not taking anything away from no. that game. No, but neither. I was already projecting him to have a, a little bit of a downturn this year. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm still staying on that trend for next year. Yeah, I mean... um,
0: We had him at fifth overall between the two of us. So, I mean, I could see him finishing around there um, this next season. But I I, I refuse to really bet against him until he falls off the cliff just because I did it for so many years. And that guy is just built differently than any other running back um, other than like maybe Adrian Peterson in his his prime. So that's, yeah. All right. We had Kamara coming in at six, uh, finished eighth overall, six in points per game. So we're right there. Yay for us. Uh, Seventh, we had Nick Chubb, um, but he finished 13th overall, 12th in points per game. Um, He did miss a couple games this season, so
1: maybe that dropped him down a little bit there. And the Uh, pass catching just wasn't there for him. mm -hmm. It it almost never has been with Kareem Hunt. That's always going to be the situation. If Kareem is gone next year, Hey, maybe, maybe he gets more maybe. involved or maybe De'arnis Johnson just takes over the cream Hunt role. So who knows? But it's tough for me to, to, to trust Nick Chubb as like a first round running back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I would be, you know, if somehow he falls to the second. Great. I'm very comfortable, right. but he's no longer a first round guy for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm probably with you as well on that. Uh, but again, we'll wait and see as as the. Offseason progresses. Now, this is the next one here that I really want to talk about or dive into a little bit more. And that's Austin Eckler. Um, we had him eighth overall in our consensus rankings, finished second overall, and then third overall in points per game. Now he's a year older. I mean, that offense is still lights out. Do you, are you gonna have him projected higher this offseason than than you did? Um looking at it, you had him seventh. And I was a bit lower and I had him at 10 overall. So what are your thoughts with Austin?
1: I was nervous I had him too high. And I think on that episode where we went through these initial rankings, I, I probably mentioned that because I was banking so much on red zone usage and the fact that there wasn't anybody really behind him that I was mm-hmm. concerned about. And, and that part did bear out. And obviously he did fantastic. Uh, The thing with Austin Eckler is like, it's still always going to come down to his targets. So we almost Mm -hmm. hit hundred targets again this year. And I think he's going to continue doing that basically until he's gone. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of his his thing is he's always going to flirt with that. Now the red zone usage is great because he's never had close to as many touchdowns as he got this year. He got 12 Mm -hmm. rushing touchdowns. His previous high was three. So, so do you see regressions happening? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I want that's to call it. I, I'm not going to say he's going to finish two or three next year. I think my initial ranking and your initial ranking are closer to what to expect for next year still. I think mm-hmm. somewhere in that, you know, low end running back one is a given. I'd be cautious about hyping up beyond that because I don't know if they'll continue to use him as much as they did in the red zone this year to try and kind of save him. Right. And, you know, it, it remains to be
0: seen what happens in the offseason. They could bring in another running back to complement him because uh, they didn't use their other running backs all that much uh, to spell him. So maybe they're going to want to bring someone else in. They could bring, you know, as we talked about um, last week with Herbert, you know, maybe they bring in another wide receiver or something that maybe takes some of that away from him. So, uh, again, kind of hold. We'll wait and see what happens with the offseason. Uh and delve into it more as we get closer to the start of the regular season again. All right, here's one where we did fairly well, I thought, was Zeke. Um, we had him ninth overall, finished seventh, so we were slightly lower on him, but finished 17th in points per game. That, that's he concerning. Available.
1: He was just available. That was his, mm-hmm. best, his best asset this year, which is great. I mean, we talk about that all the time. You want the ability to be available. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But... You know, if I could have what was it, 10 games of Derrick Henry versus 16, 17 games of Ezekiel Elliott, which would I pick? I'd take the Derrick Henry games because he's winning you those games. Zeke is doing enough so that you don't lose, right? Which is can be valuable mm-hmm. still. But it's, you know, if you're looking at it that way, it's kind of jarring with the points per game. It will, it really was.
0: I was surprised. Um, I'll admit, I didn't look at the show sheet until this afternoon. Uh, I saw that as I was kind of mentally prepping and I was like, whoa that just really stuck out to me like that was surprising now I know Dallas's offense was not what at all what we expected from this season uh just position players all around you know from Dak to Zeke to the tight ends to all the wide receivers like we expected so much more from this offense that just didn't pan out
1: Agreed. and Zeke had a very hot start too like he Mm -hmm. came out of the gate swinging a little bit more you know going into the bye week which there's his week seven like, oh man, this is like the steal of the draft is Zeke mm-hmm. Elliott. And everybody wrote him off, kind of myself included to some extent. Uh obviously we had him at, at nine, so it's not like we were super out on him. Um, but then it just fizzled. And you're right, the entire offense did, and Tony Pollard came a in like mm-hmm. people had expected. Yeah. So
0: yeah, he he was much more involved, I think, than than some of us expected i didn't expect them to be that involved i'll be honest and it'll be interesting to see again with coaching does um kellen moore get a head coaching job or does he go somewhere else what happens with mike mccarthy apparently he's safe but yeah yeah who knows yeah. At, at this point and you know, we've made our feelings very clear about mike mccarthy and his offenses uh ad nauseum so we don't really need to delve into that too much but again just some things to consider uh as the offseason moves on here and then our boy comes in next um aaron jones we had him 10th finished 11th overall again missed a little bit of time here and there um i think what we saw was he didn't wasn't nearly as involved in the red zone with the passing touchdowns Um, saw a little bit of regression there but still a serviceable running back with the changes in the quarterback possibly happening this offseason with the Packers. Um, I, I don't really see it affecting his role too much because he is a good outlet uh, for a young quarterback uh, for dump off passes. Uh, he's still going to get the the rock up the middle. Um, so I don't see that changing too much. He'll probably finish in that low RB one high end RB two next year. Um, but I definitely won't be paying up for him uh, by any means. If you can get him at a discount, I think, that would be a good move. You'll still probably get a couple good years out of them yet, but um, I I wouldn't definitely uh, go out of my way to acquire them.
1: Yeah. AJ Dillon is my still concern there because he was utilized a whole bunch in the passing Mm -hmm. game really this year uh, or more than I think everybody expected expected to be. So that split with the targets was a little bit jarring and they really, you did see, obviously we watched those games so much that you saw the split drives. There'd be, you know, one drive mm-hmm. that was just going to feature Aaron Jones for the most part, then would rotate to AJ Dillon. Every once in a while they'd both be on the field. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of a uh, anybody's guess about who's going to get it. But you're right, if Aaron Rodgers is gone next year, you know, the efficiency is going to go down. He ain't going to get yeah. one of those 60 yard bomb throws <laughs> to him. Right. Uh with Jordan Love under center, but the uh the volume could pick up.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And let's see. Coming in next, we had Antonio Gibson at 11, uh, finished 10 overall, 19 in points per game. Again, uh, not very efficient this year, just more. He was available, even though he was dinged up. He didn't really miss a whole lot of time. Um, I know on our our home league, I had him and it was maddening to have him uh, just because I really thought this was going to be the year that he took over in that backfield. And no, he was just injured and dinged up the entire season. It it felt like so. Um, I I would expect the same sort of finish next year uh, coming from him. Especially again, we we've said this so many times already, but we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback position. There, you know, there's going to be changes on that offense, so it's hard to say how that will affect his usage moving forward.
1: Yeah, I was really hoping for a big uptick in targets this year. It just didn't happen. I don't know if it's going to happen now. It's crazy because he was a wide receiver in college. That's mm-hmm. what we were so excited about. Uh, But he barely got more targets this year. So I, I don't know what to think.
0: Mm-hmm. And then rounding out our consensus top 12 uh, was Clyde Edwards' Hellair. Woof! And yes, this, this was a big miss uh, for both of us. Uh, mm-hmm. uh He finished... 44th overall, 29th in points per game. Obviously he had injuries um, and I don't understand what goes on there because we see his backup come in, or backups plural, and they all just are doing wonderful things uh, and then he's not doing those things so uh, <laughs> I, I just don't understand where, where that disconnect is in that offense. Uh, I don't know if you know, he hit on Mahomes' wife or something, and and Mahomes is just like, screw that guy, or he doesn't have a high football IQ. I mean, I don't I honestly I don't know where that disconnect is because it seems like every other running back that comes in does well in, in replacement of him, but he just doesn't show that. So yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be down in my ranks next year. Until he proves it, I, I can't bank on that draft capital any longer. No,
1: he's got he's got people out here wondering if Jarek McKinnon should be like a prime pickup candidate in dynasty leagues right now. If you are doing that as a running back, there's no confidence to be given mm-hmm. to you. That that's awful, and uh, I, I it just feels like such a whiff. And you saw it was encapsulated. There was a great moment in this past weekend's games where they were in the ten zone and Mahomes did one of his little shuffle passes, and you just saw it just go right through CEH's hands, bong mm-hmm. him in the face, and just drop to the ground. It's like, yep, that's his season in a nutshell. Yep. Yeah. And
0: he was supposed to be, you know, he was known as a good pass catcher coming out of college, and it's like, and I get everyone has their moments, so I'm not sure. saying one miffed pass uh, defines a player, but it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't bode well for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So he's going to be so far off my radar for Mm -hmm. next year. I I assume he will for everybody's, but even in like the third, fourth round, I'm avoiding. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I want to talk about this next player here.
0: Uh, (sighs) Our our consensus 13 overall player, and that's Joe Mixon finished as RB four overall. Yeah, I was wrong. I'll admit it. I was, I was wrong about Joe Mixon and and the season he was going to have. Um, obviously, we he was right on the cusp for us uh, outside the top 12 for running back. So it's not like we had him that low, but I did not. No, but we him. did
1: that begrudgingly even. I think we even gave him that spot kind of begrudgingly.
0: Yeah, but I, I can't say I saw him finishing top five either. I thought it'd be like, right. you know, I thought maybe his ceiling would be like RB seven or eight.
1: Hey, to be yeah. fair, he was RB7 in points per game. So you were on the right track there. Yeah.
0: yeah, I thought maybe that was his ceiling for the season. I did not expect top five whatsoever. Uh let's be honest. The Bengals offense, they they put it together. They you, you know, he was able to stay healthy for once. You know, he has had a history of being dinged up and missing some time. He stayed healthy all season, which, as we said earlier, there's there was just so many injuries to the running backs that if you stayed healthy, it was basically a shoe in to be top five um, and not to take anything away from a season. Cause we saw him running the ball. Well, he's catching the ball. He's getting the touchdowns. Like, I mean, he did what we'd been hoping he would do for the last five years. And he finally yeah. put it together basically. Uh, and so good, good on him. I mean, and, and I don't see any reason why this wouldn't continue. Yeah. You know, coaching staff is staying the same. All the offensive pieces are staying the same. If anything, they'll focus on their offensive line a little bit and maybe that actually gets better and can open yeah. up more holes for them. Yeah. So will he finish top five? Obviously he can, it's, it's in the realm of possibilities, but I don't know. It just, with so many other players getting injured, it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. But basically buy into every piece of the Bengals' offense mm-hmm. that you can, whatever it is. I mean, we talked, uh, of course, last week about Joe Burrow and how much I whiffed on him for the exact same reasons. And, and, mm-hmm. Like you said, they should improve their offensive line. They should. You would almost have to guarantee on it at this point because, boy, it looked real, real bad. Uh, So I don't think it can get too much worse. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I think firmly a top six guy, like, yeah, I'm down with that for next year. Top six running back, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I I can see that happening for sure. Um, Let's start bouncing around here with some of these players. Um, Let's talk Najee Harris. Finishes number three overall, eighth in points per game. Uh, We had him as our consensus 16th overall. Uh, Rookie came out and performed.
1: Hell yeah. And he performed based on volume Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just willpower. Because there was, you know, I think the Pittsburgh offense is what I almost expected the Cincinnati offense to look like this year. Which is just atrocious. And there were no holes for him. He he didn't have any room to right. work with, but he still, you know, just willed his way into this finish, which is amazing. You know, RB eight in points per game, and if obviously Ben's out, so new quarterback is coming in. Whether that's Mason Rudolph, who they've suggested is going to be the guy, which well, Dwayne I don't believe. Haskins, yeah, I don't believe it's going to be either of them. No, I really I don't. don't. I think they bring in somebody else. Yes. I think they're just saying that to say it because yeah. They, have to, but again, almost the entirety of the offense has to overperform what they did this year. And mm-hmm. so that should make him so much more efficient. And he's yep. now, I, I still don't know that, that everybody's on board fully with Najee Harris. And so that could be a big advantage for next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um We'll touch on this one briefly. uh Josh Jacobs. We had him at 18, but finished as uh top 12. I mean, he was used much more in the passing game this year, which was nice to see. Finally, uh, I know they're having coaching staff changes, probably a different offensive philosophy. So, again, kind of wait and see. But I, I did like what I saw out of him. He is never flashy. He never had those huge, like, boom, win you weeks, but he was just consistent every single week. I don't, I mean, I don't know the boom bust uh, splits here, but I don't recall him ever really busting a week. I'm sure there I'm sure there was like one or two, let's be honest. Almost every running back does. Sure. But it it I just he was just always just consistent. Like he was always just putting up his points and you know, you didn't hear a lot about him cuz like I said he wasn't doing those boom weeks for you. Uh and and that whole offense as as a whole just kind of went under the radar this year.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't think the whole offense, but obviously the big pieces of it. I mean, Hunter Renfro, we'll talk about him, I'm sure, on next yeah. week's show. Yes. Um, and Derek Carr continued to be an mm-hmm. underrated fantasy quarterback. Yes, But Josh Jacobs, I got to give the guy credit. I never expected that he would get 64 targets. Uh, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter. I forget who it was, so I apologize for not crediting. But it's been a consistent uptick in targets every year. 27, mm-hmm. 45. 64 this year. So at some point, you just have to believe that's going to continue. He didn't get a 1,000 yards rushing. Who cares? He's getting all those targets, so he's all good.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's bounce down to Miles Sanders here. We had him as 19 overall, uh, finished as 45. Obviously, a lot of injury involved with that. My question for for you, Jake, would you be comfortable having him as your RB2
1: next year? No. I don't want him as my RB3 next year. I know there's people who are going to hold on to this belief of Miles Sanders, and I think part of that is due to Joe Mixon, unfortunately, this year. <laughs> so many people who had held on to him and believed mm-hmm. on him, believed in him, saw that ascendance this year, and I think there's some people who are going to count Miles Sanders for a portion of that ascendance. And mm-hmm. I ain't that guy. I ain't going <laughs> to be the one who caught old Miles Sanders.
0: Yeah, I... It's hard to say, I guess, it, you know, come draft season, that depends on where he's falling and kind of how the rest of my draft is shaken out at that point. I mean, cause the talent's there, you know, he just, again, wasn't healthy. And, and so I'd like to see a healthy season out of him. Uh, cause I think had he stayed healthy this year with the way that that Philadelphia um, changed their kind of offensive scheming in the middle of the season, I, I think we would have saw better things out of him than we did.
1: So, but that's what I was curious I, about, though, is because I know the injury has to be accounted for, and I understand that. But like, it feels like even before the injury, he just was not a part of the game plan. And that's fucking weird, because mm-hmm. your whole game plan is just run the ball. And they're right. like, we're going give to it, give it to anybody else but you, it felt like. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, anybody we can possibly give it to, except for you. Jalen Hurts is obviously going to take it himself a lot. And if Jalen Hurts is still there, then his target share is going to his per game target share this year was pretty terrible. So I don't know, man, that I need that. I need the buffer of the targets. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like Josh Jacobs, I never liked Josh Jacobs because I never thought he was going to get the targets but now. He's getting targets. Wait, I
0: think that's fair. All right. Who who do you want to talk about, Jake, on this list?
1: I really, I've been doing all the
0: talking here.
1: I really want to own up to my miss on Mike Davis. So if I could take this opportunity to issue an apology to anybody who I made believe that Mike Davis could be a thing this year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Uh, I read into the fact that the offensive coordinator from the Titans last year got brought over to Atlanta. And I ignored some red flags. One being Mike Davis is not Derrick Henry. <laughs> I mean, we knew that, obviously, and mm-hmm. I knew that. But I, the, I did not account for how bad this offense was going to look overall. Oh. Oh and I, I even liked, you know, Matty Ice mm-hmm. as a bit of a sleeper for quarterback yeah, this year. Same. Not not a top-12 guy, but as a fine, like a Derrick Carr type of guy. Yeah, I thought A good buy-in,
0: good buy-in, buy-in, buy-week fill-in. Or, you know, if your starter got injured type deal where he's out a couple games, could could fill in in a pinch. Yeah, that that was my thought, too.
1: It didn't happen at all with no. Matt, Sta- well, no, but Matt Stafford. Sorry, it definitely happened with Matt Stafford. It didn't happen at all with Matt Ryan. It didn't happen at all with Mike Davis. Cordero Patterson, obviously, we, he's he's basically the logo for this show now with how often we've talked <laughs> about him. We have to put him in the logo but he was if you wanted Mike Davis to be anything it was him mm-hmm. uh the targets crazy red zone attempts for Cordero Patterson crazy mike davis got scraps all year rb 50 in points per game dustin we had him at right. 24 in our rankings they would
0: be very usable i was going to say to be fair it's not like we had him um, as a high end rb2 or something like we had him um, you know borderline rb3 so it's it's not like we had him super super high, but yeah, he no. definitely did that live up to expectations. I think everyone. I don't I name me one fantasy analyst out there that thought Cordarrelle Patterson was going to be the go-to running back in
1: this offense. I mean, yeah, I don't and, think that there's many.
0: I, I do know see, people I, I who see were out on Davis.
1: Davis. I well, know people were out on Davis entirely.
0: There's there's one thing to say you're out on Davis, but to yeah. say yes, Cordarrelle Patterson is going to be the guy and basically take the role of what we thought Mike Davis should be. Yeah, I want to see those receipts.
1: There's more people who believe that was JVN Hawkins, an undrafted rookie signing at running back, than Cordero Patterson, for sure. Yes. For sure, that's a thing. I, I was
0: one of those guys. You were
1: on the, you were on the oh, Hawkins yeah. train?
0: Yeah, just from all the anal- other analysts that I listen to for uh, rookie advice,
1: since I don't um. scout my own rookies. We're going to have to get some better rookie analysts in here this offseason to uh, help avoid the Javian Hawkins of the world. (laughs) Uh,
0: It happens every year. There's always that rookie that comes in either undrafted or very late that, you know, looks great on film, but just doesn't pan out for some reason.
1: So, fair enough. What do you got? I I want to talk about uh, James Robinson. And -hmm. not because we were crazy off on where he'd fall, we had him at 27 in our Mm -hmm. rankings. Now, to be fair, these were early offseason. And this was actually, if I'm not mistaken, was this before ETN even got? No, it wasn't that early. I think ETN was was already involved, wasn't he? Because, yeah, we have ETN in our rankings. Yeah, yeah. this was before he
0: got injured, though. Before he got injured, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. before he got injured.
1: Okay, so we had him at 27 thinking he was going to split time with ETN. Mm -hmm. And ETN was going to take over a lot of the pass-catching work and be kind of that Swiss Army guy in the backfield. And now, to be fair, you were still much higher on him than I was. Again, Mm -hmm. RB22, you had him as. I had him as RB31. He finished in points per game, RB23, basically exactly where you had him. But knowing that ETN was out, wouldn't we have both had James Robinson as a fringe top 10 guy? Absolutely, 100%. And holy fuck, did Urban Meyer ruin that for anybody? who yep. had that expectation. Oh,
0: that whole offense was just a dumpster fire this year.
1: How? How do you take James Robinson, who was, forgive me for not having this at the ready, I think RB7 or so last year mm-hmm. in that yeah, offense. Yeah, right around there. Right. And then, like, you, you have the template for how to use him, which is just let him be a running back because he's fantastic at it. Give him as much work as he can handle. And instead, it's like, no, it's this little piecemeal bullshit offense that doesn't have any facet working the way that an offense should work.
0: And that's why the Jags were so terrible this year.
1: Terrible. Now, my question, though, about him, because this is what I really want to get to, Travis Etienne, coming back from injury, you presume Mm -hmm. full health next year. Urban Meyer is now gone, though, next year. Does your initial ranking of James Robinson change, or does he hover around that RB20 spot for this upcoming year? He's dealing with an injury, too, to be fair. Right. Assuming full health for both players. If they come back full health, it'll I'll probably have them ranked similar
0: to what we did this year. Um only because and I know it's going to be a whole new coaching staff, but the GM, they drafted Etn high for a reason. Sure. They they like him. So whatever coach they bring in, they're going to want to make sure that Lawrence and Etn they're on board with having those two players in their pocket to use them because they don't want the coach to come in and waste a high draft capital running back. I and mean, that's just not going to happen. So I think ETN, uh, you know, obviously presuming health come in, come the preseason. Yeah. I think he'll probably end up being the main back, um, but it'll probably be like maybe like a 60, 40 split. It'll, it'll be fairly close. I feel like because um, Robinson is a very good running back and has proved that for two years in a row now. Yeah. But I, I do think ETN would end up getting the, the majority of the carries and, and catches. I,
1: I hope that you're right. That the GM says, here's draft capital. We use it. My fear is that urban Meyer was directly involved in the drafting of, e- he didn't want ETN right. I forget who he actually wanted, but they were off didn't the board. Kadarius Tony. That's who it was. That's absolutely who it was. And then he was off the board. And it's like, well, okay, I guess we'll try to see. Yeah. Man. And then he didn't really want to use him. It seemed mm-hmm. like even before the injury, it was it was weird, or he didn't want to use him and Chenault, I should say, together. Right. So one of them was going to be the odd man out. Now, the hope is that Chenault, I think, is the odd man out for next year, too, because he's he's disappointed himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we haven't seen ETN. So I hope you're right. I hope ETN basically takes over LaVisca Chenault's role. And then both get to prosper. But if that's the case, mm-hmm. then I would have For sure, it's a top 20 for Robinson, but um, that's that's a great one. I want to hit this next. Let's lump them together. Okay. Ronald Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. The Tampa Bay Bucs backfield, who around, I want to say week three, week four, I just said bail. Pull up, just bail on the entire backfield because nobody looks, (laughs) looks good. Right. And then Ronald Jones... Finishes as RB77 in points per game. Ugh. Leonard Fournette finishes as the RB4 in points per game. Ugh. For Sixth listeners, overall. dear listeners, you know where we had them ranked coming into the season? Ronald Jones was our consensus 28. Leonard Fournette was our consensus 41.
0: Ugh. We don't
1: know what the fuck we're talking about with Tampa Bay. Let's just admit that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean we we should have saw it coming just with, you know, playoff Lenny from last year like he was used in that role and and did really well. So, we should have figured he had earned the the Lion share or the Pirates share of the oh, uh the the backfield there, but you know, we didn't. So, I mean, that's obviously something maybe we need to look into this this offseason as we're evaluating committee backfields.
1: But this is a question that I want to get to that is so important for next year. And it's, it's so important for how we're going to evaluate not just running backs, I think, but most players, mm-hmm. is when do you call it a small enough sample size to say we shouldn't right. pay attention to it versus this is very important and we have to pay attention to this immediately? So Leonard Mm -hmm. Fournette, last year, you said, playoff Lenny. He was amazing in the playoffs. He was also like that the previous year with the Jags in the the latter part of the season. And then he fizzled again, and it felt like almost a a rhythm. He starts off terrible, and then he finishes high. But there's other players who have these big moments in the playoffs. I'm thinking of Gabriel Davis Mm -hmm. right now with the Bills, wide receiver for the Bills, four-touchdown day, you could probably get three first yards. round picks
0: for him. It's gonna be great.
1: Right. But now I understanding that's not an entire playoff stretch. That's just one right. game. But what like what's the limit for you when you actually use that? Does it have to be at least a handful of games? Or do you just say, Fuck it? At the end of the year, he really came on in one or two games.
0: Um it's you know, I'd like to see it in a few games, you know, one or you know, definitely not just one, because one game can be an aberration. You know, anybody can be hot for one game like you Gabe Davis. You, you just pointed it out perfectly. Um, you know, it's like to see it in, in at least a few. Uh, but the playoffs, I mean, supposedly that is the best of the best of the best teams that you're playing in theory. So supposedly. you be, supposedly supposedly. So, I mean, you are playing against stiffer competition, you would think. Although I know that doesn't always pan out that way in the scores. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's... I want to see it for a few
1: games. Just to answer your question. Okay, okay. So, next year, Ronald Jones is going to be gone for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's going to be... I don't know. That whole team's is an upheaval. It all depends on if Tom Brady comes back, and that's mm-hmm. going to be... It's like an Aaron Rodgers situation with Green Bay. Yeah. If the quarterback comes back, you basically have a uh, chips-all-in situation again. Yep. And if he doesn't, then it's a rebuild. And then Leonard Fournette might not matter, but he might go to another team where he will once again matter, and we're right. going to have to take a good long look at that. Absolutely.
0: I mean, he's still young enough that he can still produce.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and yeah. He, I mean, it's not like he's 28, 29 years old where he's like, Oh, we're flirting with that cliff. And you know, he's, he's going to die. No, he's, he's still, what is he like 26? I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, Uh, he's he's reasonably aged. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, in the last couple seasons, he hasn't gotten the wear and tear. Like we saw the first few years in Jacksonville where he was the guy and got, you know, so he's got a little bit less tread on the tires or a little more tread on the tires. Um, uh, got my metaphor wrong there for a second uh, so yeah i i i i will probably be in on him for a reasonable um draft capital not saying he's gonna be an r b one uh i could see him being a low to mid r b two probably a low end r b two next year in any in any landing spot
1: I mean, any reasonable land spot he has the lion's share of the workload.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the talent with him year after year. Even on those bad Jags teams, he -hmm. was, I mean, he was an RB1 for a couple years. So you can't, he's got the talent. For whatever reason, he's just underappreciated. Almost as
1: much as Russell Wilson does, I bet. I bet he has almost as much talent. Almost. Wouldn't you say? Uh all right, no. We're, we really will have to track mm-hmm. him this offseason and, and mm-hmm, definitely take a take a good stern look at him. One other backfield I wanted to call out here, and then one other running back, and then if you want, we can move on to our monkey knife fight section. But another split. Uh, this time in Denver. We
0: mm-hmm. had Javante
1: Williams, we had Melvin Gordon. Once again, we got it wrong. We had Javante Williams as our RB30 consensus. We had Melvin Gordon as our RB38. We were just out because we didn't know who was actually going to get the workload. And we couldn't peg down who it was going to be. So we're like, well, let's just take a step back. Let's not rank either of them too high. And in Uh fact, we should have ranked both high.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, we did have the ranking correctly where Javante finished higher than Melvin. So I'll take that as a mini victory for us. Not in points (laughs) per game, though.
1: Not in points per game. Because in points per game, it was flip-flop, but you're right. They were very close. They basically finished with the exact same season. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. In fact, I put out some stupid tweet on on Twitter. That's where you put out tweets. Where they had the exact same rushing attempts number They had the exact same rushing attempts from inside the 10-yard line. They had the exact same rushing attempts from inside the 5-yard line. It's like Denver was like, fuck it. Let's just split everything in half officially and give them half of everything. That way,
0: neither of the children can be upset, but neither of them can be happy.
1: That's fine. (laughs) It's split equally. So, the question for next year is i get again this is all from a dynasty format like are you trying to acquire one or both of these guys Do you think gordon sticks around in denver or i is do it i think
0: he I, I i expected him to kind of be toast this year i mean Javante did what i thought he was going to do like he definitely flashed he is the future yeah. there but yeah. i also think that they're going to hold on to melvin gordon for another i think he's under contract for another year with them Ooh, i no. think if so I think they'll hold on to his contract because it's pretty reasonable. If 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 he is, I want to say it's it's a fairly reasonable number. Um, so yeah, I would say they would keep him because he did look good. Uh, even if Javante were to take over the majority of the backfield, you still want a competent backup, and that's what Melvin would be at this point. I mean, he'd be more
1: than competent. Ooh, here's it's interesting. He is actually a free agent. Melvin okay. Gordon is for twenty twenty two. So does that change your perspective? There's still they could obviously still re-sign right. him and bring him back and if unless he wants to go chase a bag somewhere which has not worked out for running backs.
0: Right. And I think at age. this point in his career, I mean he had a very good season, but mm-hmm. he is starting to get a little long in the tooth, so I don't know that he would
1: get a big contract. He'll be 29.
0: Yeah, so he you know, he might be better off sticking in the offense that he knows where he knows he's going to get playing time and maybe take a slightly bit less of money. Um, than trying to get this giant contract, which I don't think he would get anyway. Um, but yeah, he very well could go to a different team. If that's the case, then it's just wheels up on Javante, uh by far and away.
1: But for right now, let's say you're debating about sending an offer for Je- Javante Williams right now. You're not sending an offer right now, assuming that he's the main guy because mm-hmm. you're not quite sure yet, right? hmm Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, One last guy I just wanted to hit on really quick here is James Conner. James motherfucking Conner. We had him ranked as RB34. Consensus RB34. This was kind of another split situation. Him and Chase Mm -hmm. Edmonds, who we ranked higher uh, collectively because we assumed that there would be more pass catching work for Chase Edmonds. Of course, Edmonds got hurt a little bit. He missed some games. James Conner definitely got more targets in those games. But the big thing is, Connor finished his RB5 overall, RB9 in points per game. That motherfucker did not want for touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. In that and offense. I think
0: that's a conversation we had is, you know, is James Connor going to be that red zone back and, and vulture all those touchdowns from Chase Edmonds? I mean, that that was something we had talked about uh, when we did our divisional breakdowns in the offseason and talked about running back committees is that and that, that's what actually ended up happening. I, I don't think we expected it to that degree, let's be honest. I didn't expect that many touchdowns for James Conner. But, I, I mean, and obviously the injury didn't help things. But, yeah, it kind of played out how we thought it was going to. But, um, obviously, way more efficient than, than we both
1: expected. For sure. And, yeah, like you said, even in that offense, I don't think we thought he'd get that many looks with or without Chase Edmonds. That's, mm-hmm. that's crazy talk how many touchdowns mm-hmm. he had. But my question is, he is also a free agent coming into this offseason. So James Conner, Melvin Gordon, there's actually a fair number of these guys that are going to be floating around out there. Mm -hmm. James Conner, to me, seems like the guy who proved the most this year. So he should, if he wants to, I think, have the sort of top of the class Mm -hmm. um, teams looking at him if he wants to move venues and go to a Mm -hmm. different team. But I would rather he stay with the Cardinals.
0: I was going to say, if he's smart, I think he stays with the Cardinals because they're a very good team. You know, um, they they, sh- they should be in the playoff hunt slash Super Bowl contenders for the next handful of years to come here. Uh, and he was being used, actually. You know, he stayed healthy all the season. So, I mean, I, I think if I were him, maybe give a little bit of a discount to stay there, knowing that your role is probably secure sure but you know you only get you know one u- how many opportunities do you get to to get a large contract in the NFL right uh, you you don't get that many opportunities so I also wouldn't blame him for taking the bag while you can and, and earning what you got to earn you know uh but but I think the best situation for him would be to stay in Arizona
1: agree he almost got zero opportunity mm-hmm. to earn a bag because yeah. of his situation in Pittsburgh so I agree. He's two years younger than Melvin Gordon. That's pretty big for running back. Mm-hmm. So uh, very interesting. And if he's back with the Cardinals, I'm yeah, I'm so in on him <laughs> for next year. Um, it will be stupid uh, what I will yep. pay for him. Is there anybody else that you wanted to talk about?
0: No, I think that covered it pretty well. Here we we got the big ones.
1: That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we are going to do a separate DFS segment, but Dustin. Yep. Do you, do you have it within you to look back at what we did for last week's DFS segment?
0: Yes, yes, just for posterity here. Um, you know, we we got close. So we did the five to hit the 20 times payout, uh, and we got close. We hit four out of our five. Uh, so we had Debo Samuel, our, our special uh, one, for uh, over one reception yard. He had 44, so we hit on that. Jamar Chase, we had over 92.5 reception yards. He had 109, which um, I want to say, I did another one of these underdog uh, pick-ems on Saturday morning for the weekend. And Jamar Chase's over uh, his line went from 92.5 to 80.5, hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hit that easily. Josh Allen, over 295.5 total yards, had 329 passing and 68 rushing uh Joe Mixon over 91 and a half rushing and receiving yards had 54 rush, 51 receiving, crushed that pretty well. This is the one that hurts. Um we we were 7 yards away here from from a big payout. And that was Julio Jones. We missed on Julio. We took the under of 55 and a half reception yards. And he had 62. Yep.
1: I mean yep. we were
0: I mean there's a reason seven why those yards. lines there's a reason why those lines are set where they're at. Obviously, you know, the people know what they're doing and in, in projecting those. Oh, that's so disappointing that we hit just we hit four all oh, seven yards. And I feel bad because
1: I know that I was the one who talked us into the under because I didn't believe in Julio because he had disappointed so many times this year. And I was like, it's going to be A.J. Brown. I I refuse to trust Julio Jones. It seems like a trap. Take the under. Yeah. And then here we go. This is the one that fucking got us. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. not going to stop that being us. Sad,
0: nope, we're going we're gonna to do it again. Uh, we're going to go with Monkey Knife Fight this week. That's right. So... Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'll let you uh, pick the game here,
1: Jake. All right. So obviously our options are going to be a little bit more limited this week than they Mm -hmm. were the previous because there's fewer games. There's fewer teams still involved in the playoffs. But I want to get us doing a, uh, a new game here. The question is, Dustin, do we focus in on one game? Or do we try to split again as we did in the previous week with Underdog? Do you want to do a slate or do you want to pick a specific game? Uh, it, let, why don't you pick, Jake? It's your money
0: we're going to throw around here, so I'll let you pick.
1: Here's what I'd like to So The two big games, of course, uh, the championship games, it's going to be the mm-hmm. Bengals versus the Chiefs, and then it's going to be the 49ers versus the Rams. Like to stay away from the 49ers and Rams. Yes. I truly don't trust that game. Uh, maybe it's just sour grapes for me with the, the Packers. Well, it's I would a third, like
0: no, it's the third time that they've met the season. I mean, that's there's always something to those games where where interconference or interdivision teams meet for a third time. It's yeah. shit gets wacky on those games.
1: Re- recipe for chaos. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's stick with the Bengals uh and the Chiefs here for this week, then. And there's a couple of ways. So if you've never played Monkey Knife Fight, it's again, it's very similar in mm-hmm. scope to Underdog, where you can pick individual prop bets. But they tend to collect them together for you. So it's not kind of as sprawling as Underdog. Mm-hmm. So you could do simple twofers. For example, you could take the quarterback head-to-head uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. You can try and either take more or less yards for each of them or put them together and say, who's going to get more passing yards, Mahomes or Burrow? That's an option for you. You can also do what I love. Dustin, I know you kind of hate this. It's I don't touchdown. hate it.
0: I I, know. I I just don't necessarily play this one too
1: much. Fair enough. It's the touchdown dance. The mm-hmm. only goal of this is to try and predict who the players are. They're going to get the touchdowns. You get three options. Uh, you can choose how many touchdowns you think those three players will get together. And, of course, your multiplier is bigger and bigger if you choose more touchdowns. Or, I mean, there's crazy shit. You can do sack attack. I've never once in my life mm-hmm. done sack attack. That is predicting how many sacks, which player is going to get the sacks. Mm-hmm. That sounds like absolute madness mm-hmm. to me. You can do it but by what...
0: fantasy points instead of yards. Like You can tr- project the f- number of fantasy points
1: players are going to have. That's exactly right. Or mm-hmm. again, so head-to-heads you can do for more than just quarterbacks. You can mm-hmm. do for all players. Who's going to get more receiving yards? Who's going to get more rushing yards? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Dustin, what I would like to do in the spirit of what we did last week is one of these big ones. I don't want to just pick two things right. I want to try and pick as many things right as possible. Ooh, go for the big one because it gives us more to talk about and more to uh, you know try and master. Yeah. So I want to do a six for six. Okay. So all we're going to be doing is looking at six players from this game. They're going to give us a line. We're going to choose more or less for all six of those players. And we have to get all six right Okay. Mm -hmm. to win win the money here. Now, it's a big old multiplier. It's a 30 times multiplier. So whatever you put in, that's uh, a lot of ducats coming back your way potentially. That's right. So, Dustin, let's start here uh, where it tells us to start. Patrick Mahomes, more or less 295 and a half passing yards. What an insane line to start off with. We In last week, Josh Allen got this, but for total yards. So passing plus rushing, this Mm -hmm. is just for passing yards. Do you have any big thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, that's a pretty high number. Uh, I'm going to go with the less on it. I, I could see this game being a shootout with these two offenses, but uh, that's still, that's such a high line. Uh, uh, So I I would personally go with the less on this one.
1: Does it do anything to you to let you know that in Patrick Mahomes last two games, he had 378 passing yards and 404 passing yards, acknowledging that Buffalo went into overtime.
0: Uh, That does change it a little bit, but
1: (sighs) it's the Bengals. It's it not a, It's not like, um, you know, well, I was going to say the Bills, but you yeah. saw what happened last week against the Bills. Well, maybe we Wanted do go Bills. with the over
0: then. I, I could you, be convinced of it.
1: Do you think? The what, only what, reason I think that is because Joe Burrow, we've seen him put up crazy amounts yeah. of points. Well, I
0: was going to say with the over with Joe Burrow, just so you know.
1: Well, let's go ahead and flash forward here. Let's put a temporary more for Patrick Mahomes yeah. with that over. And Joe Burrow has a similar line a yeah. little bit less, two hundred ninety point five. Yeah, I would You're go with the over on tomorrow? him. Yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like that <laughs> is the easiest call of this entire slate mm-hmm. here. I don't know the last time that he's had less than that. If, yeah, if I'm being
0: yeah, he's been a en fuego the second half of the season. Like it's been insane. It's been amazing. so. I expect to that to, res- to continue.
1: Yeah, both of these defenses. Kind of suck for passing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm comfortable with the over for both. Uh, Jamar Chase. Now, we're shifting to receptions here as opposed mm-hmm. to yards. Six and a half receptions for young Jamar Chase. Any thoughts on that?
0: Um, initially, I was thinking less. I mean, to get seven receptions. I mean, he's never been a volume wide receiver. He He's the yak guy. You know, he gets the reception yep. and then takes it to the house every time. Uh so I, I don't. That's why I wanted to go with the under. Was my gut feeling, but uh, if you're comfortable taking the over on that, then go for it.
1: I'm not comfortable taking the over. Okay. And and yeah. here's I think this line it's it's really smart. So sometimes you do have to play the system or play you know what whatever uh, company you're using for this sort of thing. If It's underdog if it's Monkey Knife fight, The last time that they played the Chiefs, Jamar Chase had 11 receptions, which is outrageous. Mm-hmm. But in almost every other game, he's had less than six. Right. Six, six or less, I should say. right. It, T. Higgins he, could easily come in, and this yep. is a T. Higgins game. So I think you're right to pick the less. I mm-hmm. think the odds are in his favor for a less. Mm-hmm. So all, all on board. Tyreek Hill, moving on. Fourth option here. More or less than 84.5 receiving yards for Tyreek Hill.
0: I, I want to take the over.
1: I mean, Ooh! If, if, okay. I mean, if we're
0: projecting Mahomes to have essentially over three hundred passing yards, yeah. uh, Tyreek is going to be heavily involved. So I want to go with the over.
1: Tyreek, it's it's so frustrating because he has his disappearing acts. He does,
0: he does a lot.
1: But when he hits, if if it's a hit game for him, you're going to see one hundred and fifty yards for Tyreek Hill. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. That's the type of level, and that's almost. You know, the split that you're banking on. This could be sixty yards, and you still have the same question.
0: Mm-hmm. If that's
1: the line, sixty yards, it's the exact same question. It's well, does he hit this game or does he not hit this game? So I'm comfortable slotting him in for for a more here. Um now Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe, sixty point five rushing yards. So last week in underdog, we got to do the combined yards. And that's mm-hmm. why it was so attractive for me. Is that 90 and a half or whatever mm-hmm. it was? It's like, well, yeah, let's do that. Now you don't get those rushing yards factored in. He would have missed this last week yep. in just purely rushing yards. Any thoughts there? Um, My initial thought was to
0: take the under on yeah. it. Uh, just based off of last week and knowing it's probably going to be another heavy pass game that that just precludes him from having a large rush game. Although 60 and a half yards, 61 yards, doesn't seem like it's that high a number. But like you just said, he didn't hit it last week. So
1: let me just read you, because I want to, I agree with you, by the way, I'm taking the less here. Let me read you his last rushing yards totals. And this stretches back seven weeks, 54 yards, 48 yards, 46 yards, 65 yards. Finally hitting an over then 58 yards, 58 yards, 54 (laughs) yards. So it feels like, um, this is a secure option, taking the last there. So last one, and I like what you said about Tyreek Hill. I'm curious to see how Travis Kelsey fits into the narrative of this game, which is important when you're building this type of uh, submission. So it's a narrative. What do you actually expect? What can you see playing out? So we have the more for passing yards for Patrick Mahomes, obviously. We have the more for receiving yards for Tyreek Hill. Is Travis Kelsey going to get... More than six and a half receptions then? I
0: wanna say yes. I mean, he was averaging. I'm just trying to do quick math here. Um I can do my calculator. He was averaging <laughs> um, you know, over the course of the season, eight eight receptions a game. Um, in the sixteen games he played in the regular season.
1: Was that receptions or was that targets though? Oh. His might be, honestly, nope. his might be pretty comparable, though, because it's not like he drops many.
0: No, you're right. So let's let's redo that. Uh, so he was at just under six receptions a game uh, over the course line. of the season. Know. Yeah. They
1: know exactly what to put it at. Uh, uh, it's so easy for him to get the over, isn't it? Isn't but he it? just, he doesn't always do it. And sometimes... It's it's two end zone targets and one big one up the seam. And that's all you get from him the entire game. Mm-hmm. And so last week against Buffalo, he would have hit this. The last time he would have hit this was December 16th against the Chargers. Uh, he's only hit this, spoiler alert, four times in the last 10 weeks. No, 11 weeks. So the odds seem to suggest under. But if we're Mm -hmm. banking on all these passing yards for Mahomes, they're not all going to be big, big, long ones for Tyreek Hill. This is the hardest one for me. This is by far the hardest. Same. I'd Um, be comfortable with either. Well, no, I'd be uncomfortable with either. (laughs) Let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think if we're banking on a heavy, heavy offensive game, you got to go with the over. Uh, If if we're expecting another shootout and, and a lot of passing yards, uh, I think you have to go with the over. I mean, we saw he had eight this last week against Buffalo. Um, eight receptions. He had five the week before in the wild card game. Um, but again, that wasn't nearly as big a shootout as as this last week was. So, yeah, I think taking the over, I mean, I don't feel great about it. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. I just feel like with what we're expecting this game to be, that's a smart move.
1: I, uh I don't disagree. and In fact, I was willing and ready to smash, except I just looked this up. I did not know this ahead of time. The last two times that Travis Kelsey hit the over for this, both of them were overtime games. So Buffalo, of course, this past week, but the last time against the Chargers, also in overtime.
0: Hmm.
1: Does that change anything for you?
0: A little. I mean, I already said that this one you know, was tough, and I don't necessarily feel great about it. It but yeah. um, I hate this. I, I hate this,
1: Dustin. I don't want to make this decision. I want this to be like the gimme from Debo Samuel that we had last week.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> but I can't do it. You know what, though? We you built the narrative right, so more than let's say 300 yards for mm-hmm. homes. Basically, let's just say because Tyreek Hill could get his yards in two catches, he could get yep. that 84 and a half in two catches. And the rest of it has to come from somewhere. You know the two big outlets. Screw yep. it. Let's be bold. Let's do the over six and a half. Let's stay with that. I'm just gonna drop two dollars on this because okay. the payout is 60 bucks. That's right. Which is pretty sweet. Yes, uh um, and you know, I'm so cheap. You know me. I'm, I'm such a cheap <laughs> man. So, but we're gonna go ahead and lock that in here for our picks for this Whoop. week. Um, I'll be probably frequenting monkey my monkey knife fight uh before this weekend again seeing some other games that i can get involved in Mm -hmm. uh you might be doing the same maybe potentially oh
0: absolutely yeah it's good shit absolutely all right we did it yeah we did that was a great show went long but that's okay sometimes they like it when we go long
1: (laughs) (laughs) most of the time not from my experience (laughs) but
0: yeah thanks for joining us folks um You can find my partner, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can find me at FFDustyDog. Find our podcast at Drinking Fantasy. Hit us up there, any of your off-season questions. We are here for you for any of it. Um, Go give us a rate and review on whatever podcast application you use to listen to us. Uh, Hit the subscribe button here on YouTube if you want to see us live. You'll get notifications of when we go live, which is an awesome thing. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.